Here he is, the snake. And I'll explain why he's the snake in a little bit. I haven't explained that bit yet. Uh, Troy Simmons, mate, it's been a long time. And I reckon it's a long time for all our supporters to see your face. How are you? Yeah, it has been. It's it's, it's great to to speak to you the other day, Robbo. And, um, yeah, we haven't spoken for a while, cross paths, but um, on the old uh, pass plays sort of thing. But um, yeah. try to get to one or two where I can, but... Was I was spent a lot of time away after I retired, so yeah. I travel and and uh, been back in Melbourne the last probably yeah four or five years. So yeah, I saw you up in uh, it was Noosa, wasn't it? Where you were up there for a few years. Yeah, um, it was. What did that go about? Um, I went up. I was actually the idea was to go up and uh, spend a bit of time on a horse farm. So I spent a year um, working on a, a horse stud sort of horse farm there and doing a bit of. Uh, help managing the farm and obviously wow. something completely different to, to football and being out and up in the hinterland in Queensland and um, doing some sort of um, horsemanship work. Um, wow. is, I, I sort of first crossed paths in when I was in Utah um, yeah. with the wild Mustangs and, and I was something I wanted to look into more and sort of understand them, but I probably understood myself better <laughs> through them. Pretty amazing creatures actually to, uh, so I've been around for a year and, um, yeah, I'd learn a hell of a lot um, in, in that year. Um, and I've always sort of, as you, you mentioned the snakes before, but I've always enjoyed being around. Um, I was studying sort of biological science and zoology when I was a young fella. And, yeah, and, uh, yeah so that, that's what got me up there and then spent a fair bit of time in Noosa afterwards and um, working in a bit of fashion and, um, dressing men of all ages. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, you've done it all. <laughs> and, and, and look, the, the and that was actually more fascinating, Robert. Actually, yeah. <laughs> and you had you know guys from eighteen to seventy olds coming in, and um, you see a lot. Yeah, you see a lot. <laughs> <laughs> and there you go. There. How interesting is that? Working in uh, retail and, and selling clothes because that's where I saw you because I was just up on a holiday and like, I, I knew you were there and I actually knew Brent Maloney was there too and I only knew Brent Maloney was there. Beamer and everyone loves Beamer. Everyone knows Beamer. Come, I only knew he was there. him with his shirt off on the beach many yes. times. But. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I saw that many Instagram videos of him just running up a mountain somewhere with his shirt off <laughs> and selfies and. <laughs> You probably say that about me too, but <laughs> <laughs> hey, when you got the rig like you two, well, you why not? <laughs> hey, I just want to go back to the horse thing real quick because uh, I have a mate that has um, ventured down that path of what I think they call equine therapy, and it's and, and it's amazing to me because I had a horse growing up, growing up in uh, a very small town in in Tasmania, and and I loved my horse. My sister had a horse also, and we'd go away. Uh, all day on our horses. Doesn't that sound ridiculous? It sounds ridiculous to some, now that I live in the city, but that's what we used to do. And it was the best. It was just so, such a calming thing. And that's what my mate said about um, this equine therapy when he was going through a rough patch mentally. Um, and it sounds like you've been right there. So just just give us a little bit more on that. Yeah, I think, you know, Robert, when you played professional sport for a long time, it, you often don't find your legs until sort of in your 30s again and um maybe when you're retired and you've sort of done one thing um you might have done a bit of study along the way but um yeah it was nice to get out of melbourne get out of um uh, the lifestyle here and and do some things that i've always sort of wanted to to uh play with and explore and 
was probably an explore, exploration of yourself in a way. Um, and that time all the way up there was, was, was quite like a, a sabbatical for me. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, I probably take a lot of uh, the things that I've done in that space into what I do now and, you know, uh, that sort of understanding yourself, understanding others and, um, yeah, as, as your friend said, it's a, when you spend a lot of time around them, they, what, you, you, what you pick up and the language that mm. they talk to you in and um, if you're walking down to the paddock, they know what sort of mood you're in before. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> you know, they know. I know. You've got to see, I'd love to unpack this a lot more, but we're only doing this for a short time because it's a mm. huge thing and, and my mates talked about it and I know it. All horses have their own um, character, like we do, mm. and you and and it's one of those things you can't force yourself upon a horse. You know, you have to let them come to you and and be your friend. And there's there's something in that. So, you know, yeah. a bit of advice and something we should unpack. You know, and I'm going to do this thing that I'm doing at the moment on, on um, these vod- podcasts that I'm doing. I'd love to get you back on to talk a bit more about this at mm. length about mental. Um, you know, of uh, people that go through their end of career stuff, or even just, you know, depression issues. Uh, there's a lot around at the moment. That's something that's um, absolutely brilliant. You should check into it if you're watching this equine therapy. If you're going through uh, some tough times, but hey, uh, we'll get to the snakes again. But I, <laughs> the reason why we're here because we're well, obviously the D's, mate. The D's grand final. How exciting is it? Firstly, oh, it's. It's great to see. It's um, obviously Melbourne was the first club that gave me an opportunity, and yeah. I never forget those three years. And um, I was there, and obviously we played in a grand final together. And yeah. it's just great to see after so long um, to them get another ch- another opportunity. And yeah, um, it's hard seeing obviously the supporters and got the past players can't be around it because I've yeah. actually been around it with um, Richmond in the last few years. Yeah. And it's an amazing experience to to be a past player and walk down Swan Street with the you know the fans, yeah, um, and do that walk, and it's quite visceral. It's 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 such a it was such an amazing experience to, and I feel for I feel for the Melbourne um, fans and town, and yeah, um, in that way, hundred um, percent, yeah. And you said that to me when I gave you a call. That was the first thing you wanted to talk about. Which I, said, I think that's absolutely brilliant um, that you identify with the Melbourne supporters at the moment. And uh, I, I mean, I fully expected you to say, I don't remember a damn thing about my Melbourne career. <laughs> Thank you very much, Michael Long. <laughs> I, I half expected to see you with the neck brace on when you come on the show, <laughs> still. <laughs> because, uh, my God, mate. I mean, I was at the other end of the ground and even I reckon I in a grand final with 100,000 people at the MCA, I reckon I still heard the whack. Do you remember anything of that, that moment getting hit or is it all just a blur? Yeah, it's a blur. <laughs> you know, there's there's snippets of things, um, obviously the lead up and all that, but the day is a, is a blur and um, obviously coming off the bench and sort of being, a you know, exchanging with Whitey and, yeah, I think I, was, I had to go down back to play on Alessio that in that part of the game, and yes. yeah, yeah I was, I, to play in a grand final and have no impact, and um, yeah, to just to have no impact at all. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's sort of was was hard early, um, yeah. early on, obviously in that career, and I was probably at my age, at whatever I was, twenty twenty one. You think oh, I'll get another go? You know, yeah, yeah. 
and you'll make up for it and whatever you it'll come around but one final since uh, after another 12 years or so, so yeah and look i mean the grand finals just don't come around it, now i realize how special that was you know to get to yeah. the 2000 grand final we were better placed probably a couple of years later in terms of premiership clock we didn't get back there and um, they are so hard to win so yes this is a special time at the moment but you did have some impact it was to your head along <laughs> oh my god and look hey yeah. Mate, how many weeks would you get that for today if you did that today? Oh, Thirteen. I'd get it. Yeah, half a year, a year, maybe. <laughs> yes, half a year. I mean, and look, guys. I mean, watching that footage of of Simo getting absolutely, you know, it, it was dangerous. It was reckless. It was spinal could it could have been spinal issues for you, Snake. So, mm. the fact that you don't remember it uh, as much is probably a uh, get out of it lightly considering what could have happened to you. Have you had any issues ever since? Because I know the AFL are right into making sure their past players are, you know, cognitively yeah. okay. Yeah, obviously there's a lot more education and information now with it. Um, so I was sort of going through my career just, you know, each year playing along. I didn't really think too much about it. I didn't want to think too much about that incident for a fair while. Um, but Luckily, no, I haven't. I consider myself very lucky. Um, mm. Just obviously the way I slightly didn't slightly didn't sort of get the top of my head. Um, yeah, yeah it, it's it's been fine since, and I, I move. I, I I do a lot of work in in, in the movement space, so um, maybe that's helped me. And I, I've kept going with a lot of um, different training disciplines that I've always had. So yeah. I think that helps. That helps the uh, obviously the the connection, the brain, body brain connection, and um, yeah. yeah, so far so good. Yeah, look, mate, I actually think it's done. Your it's it's fixed you, you know, for you. You actually you speak. <laughs> it's not only back then. <laughs> I think you, Jesus. I think he got smarter or he's improved. It's just clicked it all into gear. <laughs> Thank you, Michael. No, no, well, no. That's no like, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> he's back. Brain's working. No, no. After the hit, though, and you've seen the footage, and and you saw you talk about disciplines because I know you're a black belt. Um, in was it karate? Yeah, yeah. Was a long time in um, in karate. Um, so teaching rank there, and yeah. And then as I got older, and still till today, I've branched out into the obviously the Chinese system. I went yeah. and trained over in China for a fair while with the Shaolin monks and wow. different experiences like that. Bit more aikido now, and um, yeah. so yeah, I probably look. I look at yeah, look at it a lot deeper now in terms of how that can transfer into life and um, and also for young people in sport. Give us your one thing. From, I mean, something from the Shaolin learnings that you think is really applicable for young people now in what we're going through. Maybe just maybe a little bit of a pearl that you've learned that you use as well. Uh, the muscles don't lead. Yep. You're probably asking why why, why? why I say that. Um, yeah. I think we come out of a lot of strength conditioning-based um, teaching or education, which we think is maybe the only thing. Yeah. But um, when you can um, understand how to move someone or understand yourself, what is, what's actually really going on, um, weight shifting, um, proprioception and how to take someone's centre or just um, it's not all about muscle. 
and right. how strong or um, they're just the sort of the in-between movers in, in a way. But yeah. I think they, martial arts are, are very much a, are disciplines that are quite whole. Yep. You know, so there's a lot more to there than just, say, lifting weights to get stronger or um, yeah. that's something I, I've had to, I really sort of dived into and, and asked a lot of questions about wow. as I became out of football because it came from doing, you know, I was a skinny kid when I was yeah. 19 and um, could jump around and sort of use use my weight differently. Um, and then you start to build that sort of muscle and, yeah, there's, there's a hindrance to it, even though there's benefits at the same time. Yeah, yeah. So, oh, that's absolutely brilliant. And I, I reckon there's a whole lot there that you could use. Is. You know, yeah, we're probably all thinking, you know, be fit, be healthy, be strong. Uh, but times right now, you know, we're not allowed to do what we used to do. This thing thing needs to be the the thing that leads and and gets us through the tough periods. And wow, we need to we need to catch up again, Simo, and talk about this because um, I am going to do a lot more of these, and I want to use my mates uh, that I've not not used them, but uh, I want to talk to my old mates about what they've learnt post their yeah. careers. You know, what have you learnt about being the, an elite athlete at the top of your game, and then all of a sudden, whooshka, it's gone. It's, it's gone and then we've got to go back to living normal lives, which is not a bad thing. I'm not saying that's a bad thing, but adjusting to that life again uh, where you were a, uh, you know, a, a beast in terms of using your muscles, you no longer need that anymore. You need to use this a little bit more. So that's an adjustment. Um, you are uh, very much a person of the animals. Uh, we, said, <laughs> we said at the start he loved his, his snakes. There was no entendres there with any of that. Simo <laughs> used to have... Bowl constrictors and snakes and all sorts of, uh, you know, reptiles in his room. <laughs> we used to go, what's going on there, Simo? And he got the nickname Snake. Tell, talk to us about the snakes. Yeah. Oh, just thinking back to when I was, yeah, seven or eight or nine, I used to, you know, you grow up, you, yeah. you love Star Wars, you love whatever it was. It was, I love watching those documentaries and, yeah, yeah. sort of fascinated with reptiles in a way and, and that's I said to myself. That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to be a vet or go into zoology, and done none of that. But um, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Just uh, I remember said at 14 I could actually get my first one, and and yeah. I remember Mum took me out, and I, there's actually quite a big market in you know people who breed them, and um, yeah, and yeah, I was, I was I was doing a lot of education with it, and. At 14, got the first one, and then by the time I was 21, I had there's a, a dozen or more. I'd, yep, yep, you did. <laughs> I had them in the oh, obviously fully enclosed. And um, yeah. I mean, the question has to be, what what was the reaction from the ladies when you used to bring them back home after a night out? That's what I want to know. Let's get down to it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I've, I've, how do I answer that? He says, I don't. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Well, they found me interesting, so it was. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'll tell you what, my housemates were the ones that used it the most. Yeah, Guy Rigoni. Yeah, he used uh, it the most, didn't he? He loved yeah. it. And and, uh, and Mick said, uh, yeah, wake me up during the night. And obviously, <laughs> out with someone. And uh... <laughs> oh, this is the after dark version, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Love to get into it. We'll steer away from it. And look. Exactly. Michael at the time, big fella, because I do want to, um, you know, 
I do want to move on quickly from this one and do a bigger version later because your name's no longer, nickname's no longer Snake. It's the Shaolin Monk from now on. You're, <laughs> you're monkey to me from now on. I'm loving this. <laughs> but, oh, yeah, yeah I, I, got, I got to ask, did, did you ever speak to Michael Long after that? Did he ever contact you? Uh, not in a, a phone call or anything like that. There was a bit of a, uh, it, it was quite funny actually. I remember not long after that, I think I had Essendon supporters. You know when they, you'd get mail sent to the club? Yep. I think I remember an Essendon supporter sent me a um, package with a nappy in it. Oh, And um, sort of mentioned I was, you know, crying about what happened and it, was, it wasn't that. It was just the media obviously talking about it and, yeah. you know, I think they interviewed my dad at one stage and he was pretty angry being, you know, yeah. his sons go down like that. Um, yep. But I never really got a phone call, but I did see him out one day and he came up and, and he bought me a beer and um, I was fine with him. I think I had to control my friend. Um, you remember Big, ah. big Sean? Um, yes. I think I had to control him from uh, <laughs> oh, <laughs> right. some damage. So, yeah, um, yeah, I, I, I'm sure he would, you know, he'd look at that and it's yes. probably one of those moments he'd go, geez, I'd like to have that again. Yeah. Again, you and I both know playing football, it's, um, you know, you cross that white line and you're just going at it and you are incredibly instinctive and in every moment you you make a split-second decision and, and that split-second decision was the wrong one. Um, yeah. and, and, you know, maybe the, the teaching back then wasn't as good as what it is now. Yeah. But, yeah, the great... A uh, way to fix anything is buy a man a beer and it's all sorted. This is great. We shook hands and yeah. Yeah. So I've got to get a last comment from you, mate. Just a two part question. Your time at Melbourne, what does it mean to you? And and I think you've already sort of said that, you know, it was the first club that gave you a look, but obviously Jeff White was there as well and you're battling with it. So you went off to other clubs to explore other opportunities, which was great. And, and a bit of a tip um, about next week's game. Obviously, it's nearly here, mate. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah they're all been, um, you know, passing villages and to, obviously to go where you sort of want to go. And I had a great time at all all three clubs and have all been a different part of my journey. And um, and I've, I fondly think of, you know, the coaches that I had, Neil Danaher, Chris Fagan, and you look at them today and, mm. and just being who... I think the biggest thing that comes out and just even seeing that WhatsApp group of that um, Rod Grint has put together for the past players and just the, the history of the, of the club. And I think yeah. the big word is friendship. Um, even though, you know, you don't get to see everyone all the time, but I feel like, you know, when you reconnect, it's, you've been part of something yeah. uh, special together and, and unpacking that word friendship is, you know, you could do a whole podcast on. So yes, um, yes. oh god, yeah. Um, so that's probably the biggest thing, and I, I think those boys next week have got that, and mm. yeah, I think they're ready to go and 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 bring it back to Melbourne. Mate, that is so well said. I've really loved this interview, mate. Um, I know it's very quick, and I've got to get you off, but uh, we'd good. love to talk forever, mate, monkey. Uh, that's uh, brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> Good to see you well. Um, you know, you look healthy, mate. Uh, you look happy. Um, and I'm sure the Melbourne supporters out there have loved every minute of this interview because it goes down as one of those big moments for the Melbourne Football Club. The, the yeah. time Troy Simmons got poleaxed by Michael Long in the 2000 Grand Final. Yeah. 
Good to see. Most people remember that for my career than yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anything else. That's all right. Who cares? <laughs> Simo, right. good on you, brother. Great to see you, man. And we'll see Good's you soon, mate. Go, Dees. Bye, man. Bye. Cheers.